and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to three people who were not successful in getting elected to city council one month ago at the conclusion of the local municipal campaign. Chidi Wane, Morgan Dandy, and Danny Drew. While the 13 members of the new city council are now accountable to their constituents and will have the next four years to refine their ideas about the issues facing Guelph, it feels like we... Well, we just kind of forget about the people who also ran for office just as soon as the results are called. In 2022, nearly 40 people felt like they had the right stuff to be one of Guelph's civic leaders. And in the interest of not losing any of that collective knowledge or enthusiasm from the campaign trail, we are dedicating this episode to the people that didn't win, but still have a lot to offer. Lessons learned from outside the winner's circle is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. There's a lot of commentary about politics as blood sport, and we accept it as just a part of the experience in running for office. And it's one thing if you have a whole party apparatus around you where you can be somewhat insulated from people's more aggressive tendencies. But as we all know, many local campaigns are basically one-person bans. Now, this actually came out of a conversation our panel was having after the official podcast conversation, and there was mutual agreement that there should be some kind of formal debrief post-election, as, frankly, some candidates could be traumatized by the experience. You're going to hear about some of that, and you will hear about how our election system has remained the same, even though the demographics of our community have changed remarkably in the last 20 years. With this in mind, we will have three election candidates who each represent, in their own way, the changing face of the community. First, we'll have Danny Drew, self-identifying as a non-binary communist when they launched their campaign for mayor and ending up finishing second with 12.8% of the vote. And then there's Chidi Nwane, who was one of six people running in Ward 1 and finished in sixth place with 7.6% of the vote. And last, but certainly not least, we have Morgan Dandy, one of eight people running in Ward 2, who ended up finishing in seventh place with just under 5% of the vote. These three candidates are going to share their election experiences with you, which I think you'll find still pretty valuable, even though they didn't win. So on this week's edition of the Guelph Politicast, our panelists will discuss in detail the lessons that they learned on the campaign trail, whether or not they felt like they were prepared for the race, and how the actual experience was different from their best-laid plans. We will also talk about the role that money plays in campaigning, as well as having the right support network at your back, and the pieces of advice that they would give themselves if they went back in time and talked to themselves when they were first thinking about running. And finally, we will discuss what they're going to do now that the election is over, what they would tell other people interested in running for office, and whether they might consider running for office again themselves in the future. So I caught up with Danny Drew, Chidi Wene, and Morgan Dandy earlier this week via Zoom. Okay, so uh, joining me on uh, this panel uh, this week, and I'm going to introduce you all in no particular order, um, but I'm going to start with uh, Chidi Wene, who's currently on my screen. Hello, Chidi. Hi, Dom. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, next to Chitty in the lineup is Danny Drew. Danny, hello. Hey there. It's good to be here. And then uh, last but certainly not least, Morgan Dandy. Hi, Morgan. Hey, Adam. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Thank you, everyone, for joining. 
So, Morgan, you are on my screen right now, so I'll throw the first question to you. Uh, how do you feel uh, now that we're a month out from from the big election? How 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 have you sort of reconciled everything that uh, that happened? I guess there was definitely some lessons learned, and basically for me, it's been mostly resetting. The election was hey, this is going to be my job for four years. That's gone. So obviously the universe has somewhere else where it needs me to be. And I've been in getting ready to do a major job search. <laughs> and Danny, what have you been up to? Um, Not a ton. I guess I've been trying to like very slow. I've been doing a mixture between trying to wind down and relax and also try to start organizing things in town, which makes makes it so I've not really been doing either very well. But, you know, <laughs> I think I've finally reached the point where I'm, uh, well, totally disengaged from the last couple of, or the couple of months, three months ago, I guess. Or anyway, yeah, disengaged from the election as it were. Fair enough. So, Chidi, what have you been up to lately? Well, uh, I, I, I took some time off from work a little bit to focus on the election. And, uh, you know, I'm back at work now, uh, trying to catch up on, you know, mid things and stuff. So, uh, but uh, the election was, you know, during and after the election was a little bit uh, challenging for me. I, um, <laughs> a little bit traumatized, speaking. you know, based on things happened during the election. You know, I, you know, I'm, you know, recovering, you know, uh, I'm over it. I'm not trying to cry over us. People may have, you know, the election is done and, you know, people have been elected. So I'm here to support all the elected officials to make sure that our city, you know, strives forward in a good path. All right. So the, the I guess the, the common theme here is looking to the future and, uh, and, and I guess uh, catching up on, on what was going on as you're out on the campaign trail, I guess, one of the, in terms of an analysis analyzing analyzing and analyzing <laughs> <Good> word <laughs> um sort of i guess uh where you you know how the results came to where they were in your own performances and things danny i'm going to throw this one to you first um in, in terms of you know getting out there and and getting on the campaign trail and and running on the issues that are important to you do you feel like um that you were as fully prepared for, you know, the challenges you encountered on the campaign trail as, as you were, uh, or as you thought you were going to be. And I guess, how did that affect on the campaign or the campaign you were envisioning when you first uh, signed your papers? I guess I absolutely was not prepared. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into basically, which um, it kind of worked out in my favor in some ways, I think, because a lot of the times it ended up that uh, we'd get things out or get things done or etc a little later than expected which i think kept taking um, other candidates by surprise which was kind of nice not intentional but it worked out okay but yeah it was a lot of um it was a lot more stress than i expected especially because it um not especially good just i took it i had a little less fun with it than i had hoped because i had taken it more seriously than i'd intended to at the very at the very inception of the idea of running from there i guess so Mm -hmm. But yeah, in the end, it just took me completely by surprise how much work was involved in. We're constantly playing catch up. Just to follow up on that, uh, I think a lot of people saw you as as running as not necessarily 
and you can correct any assumption here that, that people saw you as not running necessarily as mayor, but as someone who was running against Cam or to present some kind of challenge to Cam. Because when you signed up that Monday, there were no other challengers. There, mm-hmm. the, everybody signed up that week, and I don't know if 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 Danny paved paved the way for people to feel comfortable challenging Cam. But I just from your perspective. Um, you know, I, I guess the, it, it does, is that a fair assessment given your, your the way you're talking about how you thought it would be more fun? You didn't think it would you'd well, be as stressful. The, I, I was I was kind of speaking from like a many months back when like the first when the idea first popped into my head. I was like, you know what, that'd be fun just to like get on stage and yell at someone. But <laughs> no, it, like it evolved. It definitely evolved over like the run up to the election into taking it more like definitely actually taking it seriously. And uh, I had sort of. There were, there were multiple intentions. Like, I, I didn't, like, necessarily expect to win, but it's not like I didn't try. To, there are many purposes behind my running. It's like, yes, it was just to have someone, some alternative to present, present it to Ken's, like, neoliberal platform. But um, but also, like, of course, I was fully prepared to win and not expecting to win, though. So, yes, there was sort of a gadfly element as well as an actual um, well, purpose behind it of, like, trying to win so I could be a mayor, and mm. et cetera. Right, all that fails. And Shady, you are—you weren't new to politics. You've sort no. of uh, been in politics as like a behind-the-scenes capacity. You've yes. helped develop social strategy for the Green Party. So, I mean, um, did, did you feel ready to be a candidate yourself when this all began? Yes, I like have been, you know, getting ready for this for house for the past two years. You know, apart from that, I'm not really desperate for power, but I'm desperate for change. I saw the need for change in the city hall. I saw the need for diversity. I saw the need for public consultation. I saw the need for uh, the consultations. I saw the need for a lot of projects to be taken into consideration. I saw the need for us to see uh, the people, to know what they need, to to make sure that we are full representation of, of various groups. But unfortunately, I didn't see that in the city hall. And I didn't see diversity in the city hall. So I was compelled to step up to that plate. To not to challenge anybody, but to have represent those that I don't have any representation. So I was highly ready to uh, to face what the whole thing brought. But the point is that you know I was highly disappointed with some of the groups that we are supposed to support me just backed away. Some of the individuals they were supposed to support me backed away. They just watched me crash. You know mm-hmm. I was just you know amazed how politics works. I didn't expect. To see people just watch you. Hey, go, chili, go. It's not going to win the election. I don't even yeah. need to, if you don't can do it, support me. Show right. that support. Are you scared of what people are going to see if you come out openly to support me? So that I have a lot of hypocrisy involved in politics. That I'm a, whoa, I thought I knew politics. I learned a lot from this, <laughs> this <laughs> last uh, election. And again, you know, the divisiveness of even some polar candidates were just overwhelming. Frankly speaking, I'm up to now, I'm still traumatized. You know, passing through some of the areas that my science will vandalize, I still get flashbacks. I say, look at my back to say, if someone is following me or what, I still, I had to put cameras in my house. You know, I'm not trying to be doomed, but I'm just, just the reality. So I I received lots of hate uh, emails, you know, lots of disgusting, uh, you know, Comments even during the campaign trail, I received a lot of you know treatment that I didn't even expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in what I'm telling you, you know, passing that's when 
but one is very small, you know, driving past some of those houses. I even seeing some of those people that saw me as a threat to the, I'm like, my M is, I love my city. I love Guaf so much that I, I was about to sacrifice myself. I was about to even quit my job to this castle right. job. I was about to get a pay cut to be a counselor. I was about to fulfill my young family to sacrifice to make sure that our city is in the right track. So, right. you know, I received on I during the campaign, I got almost a thousand five people showing me they're gonna vote for me. Election time, I'm like, whoa, what is happening? You find out people just smile at you, but mm. at the end of the day, they vote differently. Right. That's another lesson I learned. So, you know, I'm not ready. I don't really be sure if I'm gonna jump in the next time. It's just I'm still processing my thought and my way forward. But still, the city of Guam is still in my heart. I'm still involved in the community. That's the first thing to me, the community, the people involved. So I'm still doing what I should do. I have never stepped back from my community work. All right. Well, Chidi's talking about the difference, I guess, between you know where he thought it, things were going to go and, and, and how they really are. So Morgan, I'm going to turn to you and and ask you about your how prepared you feel you felt before the campaign because uh, you sit there front row center. That's not your exact spot in in the council gallery, but close enough. Um, you know, spending all that time in the council meeting as an observer, you know, is is there a difference between that reality and the one on the campaign trail when you're talking to voters? I was actually really surprised that the work that I had done wasn't recognized out in the public. So, you know, you guys know that I do breezy breakfast. So every week I'm involved in a community conversation that goes on the radio. It gets turned into a podcast like this one. I'm there. I know the issues. I've delegated to many of them. I've been quoted in the paper and I think what was the biggest detriment was twofold and they both have to do with money. Mm. First, wasn't able to get the donations that are required in order to be able to run an effective campaign. I was surprised at the level of money mm. that is actually required to run a successful municipal level campaign. And the second part of that in why it was so difficult for me to raise funds is because the majority of the people that I associate with live below the poverty line and they don't have the money to give. Right. So the lesson that I learned from that is I do have the intention of running at some in some capacity in four years. So what that has taught me is these next four years, I need to figure out how to get in with the people that have the money so they will be ready, willing, and able to make those donations so I can run an effective campaign where I potentially even have the ability to pay some people to work with me. Right, right, right. One of the things I think we're, we're understanding is... Um, and something I encountered too, that there's a difference between the, the greater community and the people who are sort of hyper politically 
active, or whether that's going to the breezy breakfast or it's the the, the community members Chidi works with. Um, but I'm going to come back to you, Chidi, because you, you kind of addressed this already. But do you feel like there's one hurdle in particular that was like kind of thrown in your way, or what? Maybe it's something you weren't prepared for. You know, if I'm not going to say if you could do it all again, but it just, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you know, was, was there something you felt that was like particularly holding you back in the race that, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. I'll echo what uh, Morgan said. Actually, uh, a lot of us are involved in, in politics, especially in medicine politics. People don't realize that. They think it's only science. No, no, it's a lot of things, advertisement, pain of this, pain of that. So you actually need money, lots of money to run an effective campaign. You actually need staff. You actually need volunteer at least ten or fifteen or more than that. So if you don't have this capacity, if you don't have the resources, sorry, you can't get nowhere. Even if you you have the best plan, if you don't have these basic things, you can't go nowhere. So there's a lot of disparities that is holding people that are really eager and willing and well prepared to get to this job. Disparities like finances. We don't have that money, as as Megan said. I work with the vulnerable, the immigrant, local communities. Right. I, one time, one person walked up to me and gave me a loony for donation. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not taking your money. No, keep your money, loony. I'm not taking it. So you find out, but I know a lot of some of the candidates, they've raised ten, fifteen thousand dollars just like this from, you know, uh, special interests and companies with interests of the city. So you find out, we should see how we can balance these disparities. This inequality to make sure that qualified candidates get to that place to be able to run effective campaign. If just like in the federal, in municipal, I'm sorry, in the provincial and in the political party, the party actually brings out funding right. to support candidates. If there will be a, a kind of a way to make it to be uh, to be uh, balanced to make sure that people the people uh, in the below uh, financial stress can be able to compete with all these big name then the corporation and big money folks that have already raised funds. You know, I see guys having size every month. Where do they get the money from? I was struggling. The first, I raised only $800. The rest of the money was from my own pocket. I was scrambling. I didn't even get my sign up after like three weeks of people that have already had their size everywhere. Right. You think I don't want to help myself? No, I do, but I don't have the money. Because as Megan said, so... This disparities is a big challenge for folks like me and some of us that don't have that money or that name. You know, I've been around, but I didn't have the money, no stuff. So, you know, for uh, the problem is to see how we can figure out to make sure that we have an egalitarian, uh, you know, running to to support folks that can't be able to, so that we can have a real representation. Even again, the turnout of the election is only, I believe, uh, 27.8% mm. of the 100%. So how is it legitimate people that are there? Who voted you guys in? So if the city can be able to find kind of an educational pace to promote the election, to make right. people to have that moral responsibility, obligation to vote, that yeah. would be a different bargain. But you find that it's only 27, 30% of votes all the time, the same mm. people. So they have the people winning. They've been there for 20, 30 years. It's not a career. People should step out and let other people step in. So they've been there with the name recognition. Somebody doesn't even know who is running. 
They just know the names. Oh, I know this name. They've been there. 10, 15, 20 years. Because of the disparities. That should change. In my own our thinking and, you know, suggestions. That should change. Mm-hmm. Danny, Judy's talking about the root of all evil. So, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on money? <laughs> I think uh, it's insane that, like, how yeah, well, how much is required? Like, like I, I mentioned it a number of times during the campaign. Like, I actually did have, I was most like, I got donations and stuff, but I was able to sell fun largely, which, I mean, oh my God, it cost me a fucking fortune. Excuse me, a fortune. But, um, but yeah, like, it's absolutely inaccessible to most people, which, yeah. like, Oh yeah, sure. We live in a democracy. Anyone could run, but can you really? You know, it's. I don't know. I've got some. I've been doing a little bit of thinking about it along the lines of what Chidi was talking about. Of how can we possibly make this a little bit more um, level the playing field a little bit? One idea I had. I have no idea how. Fucking, oh, oh, excuse me. Why is my mouse it's is loose right. today? I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, how, <laughs> how feasible it is, but something like maybe incumbents can't campaign because they already have the advantage of having campaign for the last number of years something like that you know or maybe there are no signs at all and there's just like a city portal not a, not necessarily portal because no one goes to the city website anyway as it stands but some sort of city municipal um uh, publication or outlet or something that just presents all of the candidates uh like in the exact same not the exact same way but through the exact same format so everyone's on the same playing field there's not some money advantage is being paid for through tax dollars, for example, no donations, no signs, no, not even like incumbents, incumbents can't even gain advantage by having been in, um, in, well, been incumbents just by virtue of maybe having them not able to campaign because everyone knows they're there. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, like when it comes to money though, yeah, that is really, it's the, it's the thing is the money is not, well, as demonstrated by me, it's not sufficient to win, but it's absolutely necessary. It's like without it, you're screwed. You can't do anything. With it though, that's something that's something I was thinking about actually, because it is it isn't enough on its own. I was thinking about what else is necessary to run a success, successful campaign, and I guess uh, a lot of his experience and like network mm. as well, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of value people can get through their connections and whatnot. Say say for example, there's an incumbent that's uh, been doing this for a long time. They know exactly who to talk to, exactly how to get things done. They've already, I mean, like, not that experience is the problem. Of course, like, uh, that's valuable in and of itself. But there's a lot of um, things that don't go, they're not valued in the same way. They're not valued right. in dollar amounts, but yet they still have value. Right. So not really a good way to level that playing field in terms of, uh, like, well, just people having connections and experience, having an advantage. That's just something that. I guess comes with the territory. I haven't really put a lot of thought into that yet. No, no, but you're talking about you're essentially talking about the difference between incumbents and people like the three of you who have all kinds of experience, so. like engaging with people, people of color, people are politically active. Pe- you know, Danny, you with the the people down around that you know visit the bench every day, and and people who are disadvantaged in in our community in terms of their their economic circumstances. Um, Morgan, I'm going to pick your political brain then about this, you know, have you had any thoughts about taking money out of the equation? Because you're running in war two, you're running against one incumbent, you're running against at least two or three like business people who 
yes, you're holding up the, <laughs> the number of candidates, but the, you know, you're, you're running against a lot of people who have that experience, like networking and people with money. And here you are a community activist, your, your job and, and your responsibility is, you know, essentially has nothing to do with trying to turn a profit um, in a way business people have to, you know, you have sort of these different values, which put, puts you at a back end or a, a disadvantage when it comes to these networking opportunities. In a way it does. And part of it was how I chose to go around about mm. things. Mm -hmm. I chose to focus on the most vulnerable people and help them to understand that they do have a voice and they just need to use it. So I don't think that what I did was wrong mm. in the way that I did it. I think that there were other things that could have been more effective to garner more votes. The work that I did in educating the vulnerable population on the fact that during that first weekend of advanced voting, they could go in even if they didn't have a permanent residence and use Royal City Mission address or use Hope House address or Chalmers, wherever they access services. Anyone that is living rough has the ability to vote. And that was where my focus was in helping those people understand you count, you matter, we need to hear right. from you. And it goes to what I believe all of us here on this panel, including you, Adam, believe that nothing about us without us. Mm. Mm -hmm. So moving into the next four years, I'm going to continue with the advocacy that I've been doing amongst the most vulnerable community. And I'm going to work the other avenues that I have. I know all the counselors. I know the media. I know the people that are in the political parties. I know the people that run all of the service industry, like service groups around the city. Now it's time to engage more with them. Mm -hmm. That is interesting uh, that you would say that. Cause one of the things I, I do have on my list to ask you guys is um, in terms of, you know, I guess number one, you don't have to necessarily answer these in any particular order, but you know, number one, uh, would you do this again? And Morgan, you already answered that you, you are mulling it over, I guess is one way of putting it. And two, you know, what kind of advice would you give yourself if you were to go back in time a couple of months and tell yourself, Hey, before you do this, think about X or think about Y. Um, Danny, why don't we start with you? What, what advice would you give yourself looking back? I'd, go back a few months back i tell myself to go back a few more months and tell myself to start preparing then like at least you know instead of like a few weeks in advance starting to prepare maybe a few months maybe more um besides that though i don't think i could have told myself anything useful um it just uh, you kind of just have to go through it to to understand little like all of the things that you you can't do a practice run you know there's no way to exactly get the experience necessary except by just going through it Hmm. Yeah, I guess I would just like give myself some more like aside from saying start earlier, start preparing earlier would be to hmm. Maybe maybe I would there'd be one thing I could tell myself is prepare a team in advance 
and take it very seriously. Like, uh, I didn't even know I would need one or like would be getting one or building mm-hmm. one, I should say, going mm-hmm. in. So that was done um, on the fly. Mm. So that's something that would have been part of the preparations that I would have been telling myself to do much earlier. Because that was, yeah, because that was a crucial element of it. And I think, yeah, the, well, that's another reason where money comes into it is because because a team is such a crucial element to a pro- like a, not a proper, but a successful campaign. That's another reason, another barrier to entry for people. But um, yeah, making sure that we have a, a properly, again, the, but the team, my team was also like inexperienced, like I was, they also couldn't have possibly been more prepared than they were. Again, we just got to go through it. Like you got to learn by going through it. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but you, you're, you make a good point about the team aspect because uh, we look at the one candidate on the stage or on the Zoom debate and we, we see the one person and it's make assumptions about it being a one-man band, but it's never a one-man or one-woman or one-person band. Uh, Morgan, you wanted to add something. Oh, just totally. Um, I, the, the one thing that I wish we could do is not have the municipal election the same year as the provincial one. Yeah, I yep. feel that there's so much burnout and that Ontario is actually at a huge disadvantage at the municipal level for voter turnout because of when the municipal election timing is in relation to the provincial timing. Mm. That being said, with the timing the way that it is, I think that what Rodrigo Goller did is probably what should have been done by everyone who was a non-incumbent. And that's within four weeks of the provincial election finishing, you're out knocking on doors. Mm. Uh, you you get your nomination in as early as possible so you can start your fundraising because you can't actually start your fundraising until you've got that nomination paper in. So start fundraising in May as soon as you can put in your nomination. Have your team ready to go before those nomination papers are set. Use the people that are signing your nomination papers as your core for your volunteers. Then once you've got that, you get your team mobilized, you get knocking on those doors, do a listening campaign the year before, potentially. There is so much that I've learned that I had ideas about and my ideas that I didn't implement, I'm now learning were the (laughs) things that I did actually have to do. Right. <laughs> All right, Chitty, we have uh start early and uh we have organized your team even earlier than that. What can what can you add in terms of your lessons learned? Yes, lesson learned. I think uh funding is a very vital stuff. You need to make sure you start raising funds early. And you know, even if you don't start it, but at least make the groundwork to tell them beforehand, hey, I'm running, make sure make sure you have at least solid people that give substantial amount because without money, you might not do much. And again, make sure you have your volunteers ready. Make sure they I promise you probably putting in writing, meeting face to face, promise me you're gonna be there. Are you with me? Yes or no? If you can, <laughs> I understand it. You know, that's what happened to me. A lot of people bailed out of me at the last minute. Mm. Yeah. If you don't believe I was only almost the only one that did almost thousands of dollars by myself, not even a oh. single volunteer. But I have more than 50 folks. Oh, God, you know, we can support you. Yeah. But I didn't, when I needed them, 
Oh, sorry, I have family this now. I have this. Everybody bailed on me. I was the only one running Elta Skelter for this campaign. Mm. So if you can be able to start early enough to reassure, make sure that they reassure they're going to be there for you. Right. That's mm. good. But for me, I'm not sure I'm going to run it again because I'm still traumatized. <laughs> I, but you never say never Fair again. Enough. You never say never. But for me, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to chew, frankly speaking. I'm currently now well devoted in my global food security for my job. I work right. for an international organization helping uh, global communities fight hunger. So that's exactly what I'm focusing on right now. And again, work doing my community work as usual. But to run again, I'm not sure if it's... I have a lot of bad tests doing all this process. I'm not sure I might be there again. But I don't know. As I said, I still have my science in my garage. Maybe I might. I don't know. But for right now, as I speak, I'm not sure. I'm not there yet. <laughs> the signs are still there. Yeah. Um, but you make a good point, too. You know, you make volunteering a habit. I guess that's part of starting early, too, is you get everybody in the the habit of giving you a couple hours a week and, um, and then buy... By October, you're kind of a well-oiled machine. To guarantee you, you they're going to be there. That's right. Free yeah. guarantee. Right. That's Probably right. written. written. <laughs> <laughs> Get it in writing. GD, on that, actually, I got some good advice during my uh, well, during my campaign for the election. Was you kind of do a small um, for a volunteer who says they're going to be there? You kind of do a small test, a very small ask to kind of make sure that they're the kind of person who does what they say they're going to do. It's not that like necessarily you're going to get any more people this way, but you're going to be certain of the people that you do um, actually, the ones you find are going to be there for you. You're going to be sure of it in advance. You're not going to find yourself disappointed as much, you know. It's a green M and M's test in the in the rider. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because a lot of people think that's rock stars being rock stars, but the whole point <laughs> of that was if they took care of the M and M's and took out all the green ones, you knew that they did everything else right in terms of like the stage setup and the prep and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Shidi, I wanted to ask you, and I'll start this question with you. Um, yeah. What positives did you take from the campaign? We've talked a lot about sort of the, the, the challenges and, and, and the criticisms about the way the system is, but you know, did you, was, was there, did you have positive experiences during this campaign too? Yes, I did. I met a lot of wonderful folks and was just very encouraging, very supportive. I met folks that I, I didn't even know they did where I was. They were just there. Even I had people sometimes when I put it on my sign, they would stop and shake my hand and help me to put the sign. You know, I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of love here. You know, so I, I love such community, you know, feeling that people, they hear you. You know, they've seen you, they follow your social media, they support what you do, they want you to be there. So really, it was really encouraging for me. After coming back home, I feel fulfilled that there are some lot of people that actually hears for people and they know that you have that passion <clears throat> to serve the community. So that was really good to hear from some of our community members here. Uh, Morgan, what positive experiences did you have? If any, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, definitely relationship building. The relationships. I mean, Adam, even just the the amount that I've gotten more comfortable speaking with you as a journalist is a part of it. Reaching out to Danny before they put in their nomination and saying, look, at, we need somebody to go up against Cam. You said way back that you'd consider it now i'm I'm calling on you 
are you actually going to do this? And if you are, I've got people that I need you connected with. So uh, Danny and I had a great conversation, oh, yeah. went probably an hour and a half longer than either of us expected. <laughs> yeah, that, that was and kind then, of the, uh, sorry, well, that, no, that was like kind of the, the I ref, kind of like vaguely referenced the uh, turning point where I was like, went from thinking I'd be a gadfly to like taking more seriously it was that conversation, basically like, you're the reason I ran so, uh, so seriously, effectively. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Not just me, Danny, it was the whole crew that put that you know, impetus together to make sure mm -hmm. that there was that, that Cam wasn't acclaimed. Because right. when someone's acclaimed, democracy is not working. So yeah, lots of positive relationships. I loved that the on election night, there was a whole group of what were termed progressive candidates. Mm -hmm. And we were all together, whether we were running for council mayor or school trustee we were all in the same restaurant watching their results cheering one another on you know being able to be there and see all oh, right aaron actually got in in ward one this is a great thing it just all of that that was the positive part the relationship building the getting to know people a little bit better mm -hmm. uh danny did what what other sorts of positives did you take away? Mm. Well, from my from personal perspective, just knowing now that I can um, operate under such high levels of stress is very um, it's reassuring. Just like to know that I have such capabilities, but just the positive thing I think in the broader scheme of things is that I like it was one of the intents I'd had going in, but to have to hear it um, not even reflected back to me, just from people who are like walking around, even to, even to up till. Not literally today, but to, to today, like people saying like, hey, like your the campaign gave me a little bit of hope, you know, it expanded people's political horizons slightly. And I mean, obviously didn't give enough people enough hope because not it's like 27 percent turnout. But just even to have brought a few people some hope, you know, that was uh, that really made it worthwhile. Right. And, and in such desperate times, you know. Oh no, absolutely. No, it, it to to Morgan's point too, in terms of you know presenting a, a challenge to Cam, it's not necessarily because we don't like Cam or we don't like the things that that he was campaigning on. Um or all let's let's all the things he was campaigning on. Um, but it's because, <laughs> you know, um ideas are meant to be challenged and um you know, it's it's kind of silly to think one candidate can speak for an entire city of 145,000 people. That so, you know, those other those other types of people need representation too, even if their their candidate, their chosen candidate, isn't successful. Danny, you didn't answer the question about whether or not you might try this again. Oh, true. Well, you forgot about that. Yeah. Um, it really depends. A lot can happen in four years. But uh, if I'm if I'm here and if um. If I'm still needed, then I'll run again. <laughs> <laughs> Shine a light into the dark heart of the city. <laughs> um, here's, a, here's another way I'm going to explore this question. Given your own experiences, would you, and if someone came to you and said, hey, Danny, Chitty, Morgan, I'm thinking about running for council, I'm thinking about running for school board, I'm thinking about running for mayor, um, would you be encouraging? I'll start with uh, with with you, Morgan. Absolutely. I think anyone that has that idea that they would like to put themselves forward, 
whether you're successful or not, the experience itself is an opportunity for growth. And I'm just going to highlight Nicholas Ross for a second. Mm. Nicholas is incapable of speech Mm -hmm. due to birth defect. Mm -hmm. And he still has put his name forward twice to run for mayor. Anyone has the ability to do it if that's what they really want to do. And I would absolutely encourage anyone that wants to, to go through the experience. Mm -hmm. And I would also argue Nicholas was a little more responsive than uh, candidates who are fully abled um, in the campaign too. Uh, Danny, would you encourage someone else to, to run for office? I guess it'd be, that'd be contingent. I'd probably have a conversation with them to determine if it was right for them. Mm -hmm. but in general yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be coming out with a categorical no but i think well i mean it can it can be a i mean as i'm sure chitty will address it can be traumatic like it's not necessarily even safe to do it for everyone let alone uh where where they're needed you know but again like we do need good voices and uh well better representation in local municipal politics as well so it's again i would have a conversation with them basically figure out if it's really what they want, because I think people should do it. It's just like, well, like myself, I didn't know what I was getting into. Someone who's saying, hey, I'm thinking about running for uh, council. Do, do you think I should do this? Uh, they might not. They might not know what they're getting into. Right. Chitty, I, I did save you purposely for last on this question, <laughs> um, because, I mean, you you had a difficult race. Um, Ward one was a difficult race. Um, you, you've addressed a lot of the systemic you know, uh, discrimination that, that is still in our community, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, are, 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 do you feel like you're in a place where you could advise someone to, to run if they want? <laughs> uh, the point is, I'll, I won't just vaguely turn up and say, I go around now. I'll say, you have time to talk. <laughs> I will have to <laughs> go for a coffee and sit down for at least an hour. I'll detail you to know, which is what we're getting into. It's not just, going to the shop to grab a coffee. It's it's a lot involved. And I've got into I'm into I've been in politics for a long time. But if you've not if you've not been into that process, you wouldn't know what it takes. A lot a lot is involved. So mm. I think I will actually give that detailed, you know, suggestions. Say is this show that's what you want to do. It's what why. You know, that representation is very necessary. That uh, you know commitment is very important. That passion is very important. But is that is that what you want? Can you handle it? And before then, I'll tell you ways to get to that point. I'll tell you steps that I took that I should have assumed that I should have precautions. Right. So I right. think I have a lot to advise that person <laughs> if that person really, really wants to run. And then mm-hmm. as I say, it's worthwhile trying, at least for the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that would be at least an hour of talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Well, we didn't go the full hour on this one, but uh, I, I do appreciate the, the the time that the three of you provided today. I I, I think it's it is important to talk to our candidates who were not successful as well to 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 examine um, you know how campaigning in our community works and maybe how we can do it better next time. And on a personal note, I just want to say I appreciate the three of you. 
Um, you know, Danny, you you were breaking ceilings as a non-binary person running. Chidi, you're a person of color. And the city just elected its first person of color in the year 2022. Um, but there are a lot of you who are on the campaign trail who are trying to to break through as well. And I appreciate that. And Morgan, you're just so active in the community and uh, such a such an important um uh, voice and and someone who's trying to connect uh, with people who don't necessarily get seen a lot and i value that so uh i just wanted to end this with saying i value the three of you and i value your time and and thank you so much for coming on the show today thank and you, talking about I appreciate it you. thanks thank adam you, value you too thanks, thanks adam everybody. see you tomorrow morning in chambers <laughs> <laughs> thanks for reminding me yeah, thank you Good seeing you, Chidi. Good seeing you, Morgan. Oh, bye, and once again, that was Morgan Dandy, Chidi Nguene, and Danny Drew. You can follow Chidi on Twitter at C-H-I-D-E-X 35. You can follow Danny on Instagram at For a Socialist Guelph, and there are underscores between each of those words. And you can follow Morgan on Instagram at Morgan.Dandy. And you can also check out her work on Breezy Breakfast, either live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. or recorded on CFRU Mondays at 9 a.m. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram. And you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com if you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico. You can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we'll see you next time. (laughs) 